Your story is waiting for you today. Your story has something new to say. But your story will only come out to play when you're alone. Alone. Alone in a room with invisible people. The following episode may contain swearing. Alone in a Room with Invisible People is brought to you by hollyswritingclasses.com. If you find value in what we do and you'd like to support the podcast, go to coffee.com. That's K-O hyphen fi.com forward slash alone or you can go to alone with invisible people.com forward slash support us to find out more thank you hi i'm rebecca gallardo the host of alone in a room with invisible people i am here today with author and teacher holly lyle and today's topic is how to world build based on your sweet spot map so last week we went over how to build a sweet spot map, which is something that you guys have been asking for. Now we are going to get into how to utilize this tool. So today's focus is on world building. Holly? I am a, an, a, a just <laughs> an addicted world builder. Um, I love building worlds and I have done it in a bunch of different ways and have, have done just maps and sheets and um, culture building and just a lot of stuff. This is a lightweight world build. Um, using your sweet spot map gives you a bunch of different world elements that you don't even realize that you are um, creating when you're just throwing stuff on a page. And the concept is that your sweet spot map contains elements of a new world that is uniquely and exclusively yours. Nobody else's sweet spot map is like yours. And so nobody else's world is going to be like yours. Um, and my examples of this from one from last week was the secrets roads know. And in the, the, um, moon and sun books, uh, I had a kind of strange, living world there was some some mystery to um how the the moon roads worked and then there was also just the fact that there was a character who was capable of finding people by talking to the roads um that came from the secrets roads know uh it was something that had had popped up a couple of times she was a character who had this specific skill it turns out in the third book to be just horrendously scary and very, very important. Um, and that came from my I am drawn to because I'm not drawn to the secrets roads know, but that was the way my brain told me that it had an idea that I could use. Yeah. There's um, moon roads was another one of those things that came out of this process because I had no idea what a moon road was until my characters, until that showed up on the map, and then my characters went on one. And uh, I don't remember whether that was in the first book or the second. I think it was in the first one. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. But that was just something that, that it was, what, what the hell is a moon road? And in the third book, uh, the, this I had al have already written this part of it, um, there is this, this, discovery that my main character makes that is just absolutely horrifying about how the worlds that are hooked up to the moon roads are created and what they are created from and it just when when I fell over it I I just couldn't believe it and it was so perfect and so creepy and so right and it came from the word moon roads so this is a case again of trusting what what shows up there History, um, hidden from the present characters. This was in my I love, was just this thing. I love history, uh, which, you know, besides being true, it focused on the history of this particular world that I was building, that I, I was missing something important from the past where I had not built anything. So I started asking myself questions in my notes about what was hidden in the past. And what came out of the past told me who the main character, well, her job. 
it's who she is. She is the same person from beginning to end. But it told me what her job was and the task that she had to complete by the end of the third book to end the series from history. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So how about you? What have you got from? Well, there we go. That uh, was a lot of cat butt. Yeah, cat butt. <laughs> right. So I couldn't see you. Um <laughs> Well, for instance, I know last week that I mentioned Reflections, and that was on either I, sh I get shivers or I hate or I fear something, one of those stranger pages. And I I know that this this aversion to um, mirrors and reflections and stuff like that. Now, I think mine came from childhood and watching things like Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um different and different books and stuff and and there's always this thing about mirrors you know it's it's a theme that is in a lot of fiction that that mirrors show the other side of things that mirrors mm -hmm. show uh are hiding secrets and then of course in the ghost movies or in um paranormal horror films that sort of thing the the image is not always correct it is sometimes yeah. doing things that you're not doing so yeah um I, I'm pretty sure that that is where the gremlins got their their fear of mirrors, but also reflections and pretty much anything. They believe that reflections show the witches their lives and where they are and gives these witches the ability to control them. So I got that from this Fulton Hill sweet spot map where I had reflections written down in an Beautiful. area that, you know, doesn't necessarily um, belong or anything. Mm -hmm. um, the ruins gave me the idea for a specific spot in the Latsudu, which is the Nohodo Atsara's, um kingdom. It is mm -hmm. the the indigenous people of that area. They are still there. They're still flourishing, most of them. And they have the kingdom. The kingdom is the kingdom of lots to do. And there is an area in that world um, that is a ruin of some other things, which I can't get too into because it's not yeah. out there yet. But um, the, it also gave me the idea of these spots and these are throughout all of Fulton County um it's these spots of dead earth and there's some history behind that I know some of it I don't know some of it they have their own phrase for it which I believe I I cover in in book one um just a, a whole bunch of there's also one spot in here that I covered, I don't remember where it was, but it, it led to the idea of the town that has the sweeping magic waves, the like tsunami like waves of magic where the entire town knows what day is going to happen. So they have to turn off all the power and everything to their, to their houses, which I know we talked about mm -hmm. on another episode and also Roanoke, you know, these missing people that that keep showing up on my my pages like on three or four out of six of them i have a bit of a roanoke in fulton hills or fulton county not in fulton hills but in fulton county mm -hmm. why don't you explain real quickly what roanoke is because there are going to be a lot of people listening oh. to this who have no clue yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes, but basically it was a town of people um, in the earlier settlement years that just vanished. There was uh, somebody that was there, they left, and they, they came back with other people, and the entire town had just vanished. There was nobody there, um, dinner plates were set up as, you know, food was there, all of the material goods were still left behind, but there was also no sign of violence. There was no sign of any reason why these people would have left. So it's just, mm -hmm. just one of those classic mysteries that 
follows through time it's it's as much as who was jack the ripper there's never going to be any solid evidence stating no matter what author comes out with a new <laughs> book saying this is what happened we're never going to know for sure um i think it's safe to say queen elizabeth probably was not jack the ripper however ah i i have no opinion whatsoever because any author could come out with with quote proof as to yes. who did it so at this point i am as as solidly in the camp of uh bigfoot did it as any anybody else um then then also there is the really all of fulton hills was also based over the years in my love of mystery which is on these these sheets it's like everything that has ever gone onto a sweet spot map is kind of pushed into and morphed into and molded into parts of fulton hills and fulton hills is also based on history so like i'll see all of these really cool things like roanoke which was an actual town that people actually disappeared from um the it's just all of these really simple history things, these really bizarre history things, you can turn any of them into your world. Yes. Yeah. And that, I don't know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall back to mirrors again on mine just because, like I said, they have, I've never done a map that they haven't shown up on. Um, and they, in spite of the fact that they show up repeatedly on every single map, I have used them in a multitude of different ways in different stories. So just because you're, you, you don't use the same map for every project, but if you have stuff from one project that shows up in another project, just allow yourself to understand the different ways that this thing could be used. Uh, for me, personally, mirrors are the perfect lie. They show you exactly who you aren't because they flip everything in reverse. And what you're looking at is not what anybody else sees when they look at you. They see the exact opposite of this, of this thing in the mirror. But there's also this, when you walk into a room and you don't know a mirror is there and you turn on a light or something and you see this other face, there is this moment of, oh my God, someone's here. And then you can kind of follow the possibility of, uh, another world on the other side of the mirror. And, you know, people have been working on mirrors for, for frickin' ever uh, as a story element simply because they are very strange. Yeah. Um, and you will have, from map to map, uh, you will find elements like this that keep recurring. Don't assume you know what they mean. Just allow them to be there because this is something that your muse really, really feels strongly about. And... When you are looking at world building, look at the different possibilities for a recurring element. Um, look at them from book to book if you're doing a series or from story to story. Does it always have to be the same way that you dealt with it before or can it mean something else? And which is a good reason to do just a little map um, as a throw together for a the new episode of a series or the next story um, in a world but um, with that said, one of the things that you get um, is the what you love has a particular part in world building. And it gives you a certain kind of answer when you are looking for map elements, when you are looking for um, this is my world. What you, you are looking for, things that, that give you the good in your world, what's worth fighting for, what's worth saving. That is, that is almost entirely going to be world building elements when you are, when you are say seeing, well, um, on my map, I had some stuff in there. Um, the, I love was over there and it's my husband, my kids, my friends were on that map. These are the people you love are worth saving. Work is worth fighting for. Um, learning new things is worth, is worth being part of a, a deep piece of world building. 
um, where these are the things that are going to form core plots, form core elements. If learning is important in the world, then you are going to have kinds of learning and places of learning. And these are things where you start building out, well, um, my world is magic. So there are going to have to be ways to learn magic. There are going to have to be people who know how to use magic. There is going to be a systematized form of magic. And what is that? And then you build that out. Yeah. Uh, this is this is some fun shit. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so for you, you know, when you are looking at I love, what kind of world stuff do you have in your I love? Um, well, solving mysteries is a big thing you know, mysteries in the world in general. So uh, solving problems, though, those are, let me see, let me open up my, my love. But I know mysteries, um, problem solving, those are on there. Mm-hmm. Um, history. So that's the, a lot of, a lot of the historical things that I, I love. I can take them and re, repackage them. Mm-hmm. But if you are, somebody who wants to show you know if if there's something in history that happened that was terrifying to you you can repackage it in in whatever size so if you're doing like galaxies you can do a, a blown up version or if you're doing a small town you can shrink it down mm-hmm. and kind of like disguise it and turn it into what that big thing in our history looks like on an individual level which is what I am doing in different areas um while also still focusing on things that are paranormal yeah um people stories of compassion friendship true and surprising love that was on there, and that's what I, I, I am a character whore. I love <laughs> characters. If It would be a hard thing for me to world build if I didn't love the characters that are going to exist in this world. Mm-hmm. And the world creates the characters as well. So it's it's this symbiosis of, of the, the two. Yeah. And they bring each other to life. And I think that when it comes to loving these people, you have to also love the world that they're in because it makes all the difference in the world and how these people act, how these people live their lives and the stories that you can tell connection, humor, um, obviously Tony family, that stuff was on there too. The light. I've, I've always loved light and I don't know what it is yet but there's going to be some interesting things in Fulton Hills with light yeah um I don't I don't know yet so you guys stay tuned for that if you're interested (laughs) but yeah yeah I think it's really important to note too that in your world you have you have specific peoples you have Mm -hmm. the the Lahats I Nahoda Otsara yeah, and Thank the yak nut. Right. The yak nut. And then you also have the people on one side of the town who are poor, and you have the people on the other side of the town who yeah. are rich. And you have... Uh, I have the this... Fultonites, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not an actual ripoff of any one thing, but it's it's kind of like taking different things from Amish, from the Mormons, from um, cults, from and, and creating their own religion, and, and they live there. I have Hillers who um, can trace their lineage back to the founding, or the, yeah, to, as close to the founding of Fulton Hills as possible. Mm-hmm. And you have histories for these different groups of peoples, how mm-hmm. they ended up in the town, what they've, so this, with, between I Love History, which ended up as an I love on both of our maps, which I find just absolutely hilarious. Um, and then what is the world building element in this? You came up with this, this entire so- group of societies. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is simply one of the ways these maps work. Um, with mine, 
the history was was knowing who we were and how we came to be here and in order to get the details of that I had to start writing the history in my notes and when I wrote the history I found out some really enormous stuff about the moon roads and about the magic of this world and about the initial guys in those tall towers and what they were doing up in those damn towers the ones who were actually still hanging around in sort of metaphysical forms when the kids got to the towers and um just this this whole huge lump of world came from this i love history what is the history of this place yeah yeah and as you start building out on that and doing maybe a little sweet spot map on the history, which I have done, mm-hmm. single question, single item, little sweet spot maps just to find out things that are going on, I found out so much about magic and technology and the past and the present and the good future versus the bad future which is and they are on the road to the bad future just driving as fast as they can right at the moment so um it's it's this thing that is a big deal you just pay attention to the i love stuff because that's well i mean you pay attention to all of it but if you can Mm -hmm. dig out something for i love that helps you create the I mean, even if you just wrote mountains, okay, well, what do you love about mountains? It could be um, the the fact that there are so many caves hidden, the fact that there's mining, the fact that there is so many trees and so many spots for cryptids to hide. Obviously, I'm, ex- I'm giving my answers. <laughs> Your answer, yeah. Yeah, that there are waterfalls in certain places or that there there can be random people living there that don't you know aren't supposed to be there it's the mystery for me apparently but it's you know anything that that you write down ask yourself why you love it so much and that that will give you things to include in the book but it will also give you the world building aspects okay well this obviously my mountains have to have caves my mountains have to have you know weird hillbillies living in there that maybe don't even speak english you know something like that yeah, yeah, that is that is beautiful stuff. Okay, so that's I love. Uh, we're going to jump next to I hate. And when you are looking at your I hate, this gives you pieces of your conflict. And conflict is king when you are writing short stories, middle-length stories, novels, series of novels, mega series of series of novels, whatever it is you're doing. It shows you what's coming at your character's your, their enemies' motivations, um, the kinds of, of problems, both large and small, that they're going to be dealing with. And in my I hate, um, I'm going to, let me see. God, again, my map is am I killing me in this little, little format here. Okay. Um, complacency. Failure to question, trusting authority, um, thugs, forced destruction, joy and devastation, uh, destruction without alternative. Um, I have in here unearned privilege, royalty, slavery. Uh, all of these these big core hatreds of mine then get picked out as okay. Well, um, I've got these kids. I've got this story that can't get too dark. But it has royalty. It does have a kind of slavery. It does have um, some thugs, unfortunately. Mm. And yeah, it's got um, a case of... I actually have, I think in there, I've managed to work in deserts and poisonous things at one point. Um, And it also uses the complacency of some people to victimize them and the complacency of other people to assume that because they are victimized, they will stay victimized. Um, and that again, conflict, man, conflict. If you, if you want some really deep conflict, dig into your, I hates. And if you don't find deep content, there, deep conflict, then get a little bit more honest about what you really hate, because this is a thing. Okay. So how about you? 
Um, well, I had things that I've noticed have been in not just the entire Fulton Hills world, but also in the first book. Um, religious dogma is, is more in the entire world. And it's kind of like this overall theme that's going to be hit on, you know, throughout the world is everybody thinks that their, their thing is correct. Um, and I take this in the form of magic. So everybody thinks that their way of doing magic is the right way. The thing is, magic works a certain way in the Fult in Fulton County. And in different areas of Fulton County, it's got slight little tweaks because of certain elements. Everybody th thinks that their way is right. And what they're doing does work because, you know, it's been years and years of trial and error. And they found certain things that work correctly. <laughs> and they know that little things will change. But yeah. The reason why it works is not why they think it is. Um, and some of that is, uh, you know, there's also religious dogma in the Fultonite lands. Um, and it, th there's a certain coven that, you know, most most of the witches that I'm going to cover, like Tanya, they're, they're kind of like these peaceful, earth-loving people. And then you've got the one coven that is that is uh, very much not um, bigots, racists, sexists, addiction, child abuse. Um, th those being taken advantage of, being taken for granted. Those are all themes that end up being important. A lot. Well, some of them in in the first book. Right. And child abuse isn't always from the parents, by the way, too, or, right. or from That's... strangers or anything. It, it, it can be from um, other family members or friends or whatever. It's, it's any child being abused. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's but again, you have come up with really, really powerful conflicts because of your I hates. Yeah. Stuff that is going, and I have to say, <laughs> having read the first book, you used them really, really well. I, I tried not to get preachy. I know there was that one PSA, which yeah, I took yeah. out, but it exactly. was, uh, yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it was cute. It, it's, <laughs> yeah, Matt said, oh, that sounds like it's, uh, that, that reeked of personal experience. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm cutting it down quite a bit, but oh, it's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the the I hates give you the chance to fight back. They give you yeah. the chance to create the villains and give them what they deserve. And yeah. maybe not everything gets wrapped up in in a nice little 30-minute sitcom. True, but you've gotten an entire series if you're doing a, a series in right. which to create this villain and and have him become this thing you fear, so you're hopefully showing your readers the bad side of what certain things can happen, what certain things can lead to, and then how to to take care of the problem, how to adjust the world so that it's it's you know no longer operating on this one particular level. And that's one of the things that fiction can do that sometimes real life fails us in yeah yeah and and sometimes being able to put your your personal demons on the page as villains and then smite the shit out of them is a lot of fun yeah <laughs> absolutely so uh that was i hate unless there's more to that one i'd say that's pretty much it um because again that's you you give pieces of your conflict what's coming at your characters and their enemies' motivations, you pull that out of I hate. Yeah, and you can also do little things. Like if you hate arrogance, if you hate somebody chewing with their mouth open. If you, if, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's oh, that's God. Mark. Um, I mean, Mark hates it, not that he chews with his mouth open, but he's got that yeah. mizoma or mys whatever it's called. It's an actual phobia or, or like mental issue where you actually physically get violent at the sound of somebody chewing with their mouth open. You can add all of these little, little things to characters, even not even villains, but right. you can add little tiny details to these characters that 
you love but need a flaw or two. Mm-hmm. And then have them deal with that and have the characters around them deal with that while you get to have the fun of putting it into your book. Yep. I am making, I am putting Mark into the books and I am making him chew with his mouth open. You are so mean. I am. You are, oh God, you are so mean to your poor little brother. <laughs> oh yeah, my poor little brother. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the poor little brother that torments me constantly. No. <laughs> so what's next? Oh, the next thing is I fear. I fear shows you what your characters have to lose. So, um, with mine, um, it was the loss of self-determination, the erosion of personal freedom, the component, uh, or the complacent acceptance of evil by eyes closed bystanders, um, the sacrifice of real people for the myth of, quotes, the people, uh, that no one will speak, that no one will risk, that no one will see wrong, that no one will fight wrong. Those were all things that, that within the context of history and within the context of this particular story, um, they were just things that jumped out on the page at me. And yeah, those are conflicts, but they are at a personal level. They are fears that can be given to the individuals and then made real in the world and then require your characters to deal with those fears, to step in and step up and do what's right in spite of being absolutely fucking scared, terrified of the thing that has been put against them. Now, th so that's, that is a character thing, but it is also a world building thing because first you have to know what's in there to be feared and you have to give it form. Mm -hmm. You have to say, okay, this group or this monster or this society or this religion or this whatever, whatever your thing is that fits in your world building, this is a thing to be feared. And then when you have the thing to be feared built, then you can build the characters who fear it and have to fight it. Yeah. Okay, I've, on your fears. I've got the the drowning that led to suffocation can't breathe in the hag. That that led to a a specific maybe book villain. You know, it, mm -hmm. it led to a very specific type of um entity that has existed for centuries. So that one was a smaller kind of I fear world building session. But one that I have, um, absolute darkness which is mm -hmm. neat, and I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, is that literal? Is it, you know, not? Is it, so I, I'm playing with that one, but then I've also got a bigger, stronger aggressor, and evil you can't fight. So, to me, ghosts are terrifying because there's no clear way to fight them. Yeah. Um, house... They're already dead. What are you going to do? Well, I mean, and, and they can move things physically, but you can't affect them physically. You can't, house cleansings don't always work. Uh, your religious, um, whatever your religious beliefs, the, 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 the person coming in to clear the home of the ghost, that doesn't always work. The moving does not always work because sometimes <laughs> the ghosts attach themselves to the person, not the place. Uh, so it's, it's, it becomes this mental game. So how do you, how do you reason with the unreasonable as well? So, so there, there's a lot of these little things that have created conflict, but also create the world because a lot of the world is, is, is unreasonable you can't reason with yeah it it is strange it's quote the what they call high strangeness and there there is a lot you cannot even decipher or understand so that creates this world of endless opportunities to try and learn 
but also endless opportunities to fall into something that you might not be able to get out of. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that, that is, is very, very well described. Okay, so we've got, we've shown fear. Next, there is I need. I need is a little tougher because that's almost always more of a character generator um, in that it is giving your characters something to pursue. But if there is an I need, it can also offer you some story stakes. And that's, that's like a thing that must be obtained, which then does take us back to world building. So at the point where you're looking at your needs, um, look at, okay, let me get my needs here. Um, ferocity, um, guarding time, guarding independence, the value of self. Um, so then that gives you a character's characteristics, a character's personal qualities. But then you ask, okay, against what? Okay, ferocity against what? What does the character have to fight? That is world building. Um, guarding time, uh, guarding goals, guarding independence against what? What is trying to take away independence? What is taking away uh, time? What is, what is trying to crush goals? And again, there you've got world building. So there's always a way to get back to the part of the of the the question that you have asked or the the element that your muse has thrown on the page to bring it back to the world and to create something new that that your characters will have to come up against from something like I need, which seems like a very, very personal question. Yeah, but you could always just ask yourself, how do I apply this to the world? Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got things like, let me see, um, magic, obviously, that's easy to turn. Motivation. Um, Self-discipline. Self-discipline is interesting because I've turned that into the self-discipline looking at Fulton Hills, what do they have to be self-disciplined about? They have to be the ones who know about the shadowed side of the world have to be self-disciplined in that they keep a lid on it. They, mm -hmm. they are also kind of the self-discipline for everybody. So it's not just self-discipline. It's, it's county discipline. It's keeping the secrets and it's there's this undercurrent this this subculture of people who are trying to get the truth out there and what I love is both of these people or both of these quote people these types of people have strong valid perfectly reasonable motivations for what they're doing and they're in direct conflict with each other <laughs> but they're both See? And Very, that's rich. Yeah. But yeah. It, and when you look at the motivations of each sector, it's like, okay, well, I I understand this side. I understand and there is no easy answer. And that a lot of life is like that. There that's kind of in a way it's it's my view on politics even. Mm -hmm. Um because that there is this one side that that wants to keep the town and the entire county safe and away from things. That's why they don't have big change. That's why, you know, they're, they're trying to, to, to keep everything small. They don't, they don't want these things exposed because of the dangers, but mm -hmm. the other side of things wants people to know once, once the, the intentionally ignorant, you know, the people who, who look away from the weird occurrences, yeah. They want them to know, stop looking away. This is dangerous. You know, there are things out there that can kill you. There are things out there that can hurt you or your kids. This is real. This is this is not fake. We need to get this stuff fixed. Nice. So, yeah, there's there's the different levels of self-discipline that goes into that. And that is an I need thing that is, you know, you would think is just character-based. Uh, only you just demonstrated exactly why it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where that where that is a a gigantic form of world building when you start building out from that. Okay, 
Um, the next one is I am drawn to. I am drawn to is a heavy, heavy world generator question. And uh, what I've got here is castles, old buildings, echoes, lost, found, music, bellows, fire, uh, ranger, hunter, monster, uh, extravagant cities brimming with life and trade, creation, um, all that humanity creates in exuberant abundance, preserving improvement or pursuing improvement, ease, um, wealth, knowledge, and prosperity, amusement, skill, adventure, security, health, and joy. Okay, that, that long-ass paragraph that I had there is uh, what I labeled here as the river of human good. And that is, became this huge part of these opposing forces, the ones who are actually fighting for progress, who are the good guys, in spite of the fact that people who are fighting for progress are frequently labeled the bad guys. And the ones who are trying to save the old ways are doing so to enslave the people who are fighting for progress. And that is a major world-building conflict that comes from I am drawn to. And it was this thing that just hit me out of the blue. And I don't think, in spite of the fact that I was writing towards that in book one and book two, I don't really think I had ever understood that as my conflict or one of the conflicts until it showed up on my map for book three. And it was like, holy crap, I see how all of these things in the first two books tie together. And, and the prices that people are paying that they don't even know they're paying because of the suppression of advancement and by the intentional and destructive suppression of new knowledge and exploration. And um, it was just, it, it just hit me out of the blue because it's all in there. It's all in the first two books. It just, I didn't see it. I didn't know it, it was there. And I built around this stuff not knowing it was there. And then it hit me in book three. And it's like, holy crap, I did. I, that's, my, my muse is so much smarter than I am sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's beautiful when things like that, when you start finding these incredibly deep, things in your writing mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah the stuff that you don't even know is in there and you have the books out and they're published and you have read them multiple times and you have people who loved them and then you start into the third book and all of this stuff shows up and you're going holy crap I didn't even realize those those things were in there <laughs> and they're in there yeah for for mine it's it's just all of these little things the missing person story, the the stories of the paranormal, and then each of these things dives into its own little section where it goes into detail as to why um, or what about these things fascinate me. But I've, I've created a whole world built on the things that I'm drawn to. You know, magic and crystals, stones, earth elements, water, fire, um, the paranormal, that's all ghosts, types of ghosts, because there's more than just a ghost um vampires but but real vampires um werewolves cryptid monsters that don't exist monsters that only exist i don't you you don't only i mean you don't always understand what you're writing but you know like monsters that don't exist monsters that only exist so <laughs> i think the monsters that don't exist that's it's not me saying that these cryptids don't exist. It's it's people that are fearing the wrong things. That's what that's what comes to me as as you know, people's that people are not paying attention to what is there, and are wasting their fears on other things. That's a nice translation. That's what I'm getting from it. Yeah, but these are the the just the the things that that make Fulton Hills this magic amazing place to me, and I've. Like I said, I've worked on it since I was 19. And it's so weird, too, because last year when I started working on it, um, I was 
traveling to Michael's uh, to pick up something for a painting I was doing, and I saw a um, UPS truck with the words Fulton County on it. And I had no freaking idea. I came home, I looked it up. There's a Fulton County here in Georgia. Nice. I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's all of this stuff that just kind of... It... You don't know when you're building the map how it's going to work. No. All you can do is you just you just chase the words across the page with your little arrows and your little circles, and you let whatever is in there hit the page, and then you come up with this stuff, and you go, holy crap, that is an answer to something. It looks like my right brain was building this thing like five years before I even started writing the books. Yeah. That, yeah like yours, it knew yeah. this stuff. And it had this stuff in mind. And I didn't know it was there. But my muse knew it was there. And it starts unfolding. And you're going, holy crap. It's like a stranger is bringing this stuff in. And it is because your, your muse really has no direct access to the part of you that you can hear thinking. Yeah. But it's still in there, and it has all of its thoughts and all of its desires and all of its passions, and all of this shit shows up in your books whether you know it or not. Yeah. So you might as well know it and get a look at what good a look at it while it's on a map. A lot of this is asking the right questions too, which yeah, you know I know we've we've talked on that topic many times, but it's so important to ask the right questions to. Yeah. If, if you're asking yourself questions and you're not getting anywhere, then they're not the right questions right now. So right. keep playing around with, with the question, okay, what is, what is really making me passionate about this? Or, or what, what is mysterious about this? Or, or how, can, how can a part of the world have self-discipline? How can a part of the world have a need for compassion? That's, that's probably easier. But it's, it's just a... It's about uh, world building is is just amazing, and I know a lot of people don't like it. I used to hate it, especially the way mom had us uh, do it when we were thirteen or fourteen. Don't ever say I'm bored in front of her, because we were <laughs> bored and driving her nuts one sun uh, summer, and she gave us homework, and it was to world build, but we freaking hated it, and we ended up putting ourselves as I think we both fought over who was the mayor. And then we ended up killing each other and creating tombstones for each other. That's how much we hated this project. And it was actually, it's sad to see that part of me because this is just absolutely incredible. Yeah, the, and I thought it would be a fun thing you two guys could do together. Yeah, no, no. But but it, then again, too, you were also incredibly critical, and you didn't give us any idea of what to do. You know, you said, oh, I've got all these books. You can use any of these books you want. But then you didn't tell us, you know, you didn't give us any training or teaching or anything when it came to world building. So we were just like, what are we supposed to do? I don't know. Yeah, I, I well, know that, that was... There that was, was some... basically my first attempt at that. That was yeah. before I was doing any teaching. Oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> this was this was long before because I, th I think this was like ninety nine or two thousand and one or mm -hmm. something like that. Um, but it's it would have been a lot cooler if we had been able to take like a course, you yeah. know, of one of yours. But at the same time, I don't know if we would have paid attention because you were our mom and you were corny. And what did you know? You don't know anything. <laughs> we were teenagers. We knew everything. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. God, it was great to be omnipotent. <laughs> yes, yes. But it's it's just if you if you don't enjoy world building, try to figure out why. You know, build just this little secret place in in your life. You know in your imagination just pretend there's a secret room in your house or something and and yeah. that's an easy way to start world building and then it can blossom to something like as big as galaxies but yeah well the entire point of this map is to put a blank space and six of the right questions in front of you yeah so that it will just kind of kick you loose so that 
it and it doesn't look like world building it doesn't feel like world world building it doesn't have to be world building you just throw shit on the page and let it all come out and then after the thing is built then you can look at it and see where your muse built some stuff pain free yeah <laughs> yeah and yeah. but the what i mean by asking the right questions is these are the these are good starters to to putting notes down and getting your muse to you know drawing it out especially if you've been blocked i know we mentioned that before but this is a great thing if you've been blocked but it's then you want to ask the right questions about the items that you write down like why is this here why am i drawn to this what what is so mysterious about this or why in the world is warming light written down you know something <laughs> yes. like that yeah, because if it's there, it means something to your muse, and then you get to play this game where you try to figure out what it is. And in the process of playing the game, you come up with some really amazing story stuff. Yeah. Okay. So what's next? Okay, we are down to the last one of our little map generators, which is I Get Shivers From. And the thing that this gives you, this particular element on your map gives you, is this is a thing that excites me. This is a thing that scares me. This is a thing that stirs my imagination. It stirs my sense of wonder. And it steps me into the unknown. Um, and this can all be part of world building. It can be part of character development. It's, it is sort of, you want to kind of do that one with an eye towards just how can I get everything off of here? And I'm going to pull, okay, my get shivers again, back to, okay. Um, this is ruins and lost places, lost peoples, lost ideas, trap doors, labyrinths, spires, um, underground cities. That's all world building right there. Every yeah. single bit of that is just pure, straight up, straight out world building. Um, stairways, angled doors, um, unseen whispering, uh, forced direction, uh, reasoned choice. And so some of it is character development. Some of it is conflict, but some of it is just straight up world building. And you are going to find little elements of this all over your map, places where your muse has done something cool with a question that you think should be give you a certain kind of information, and instead you'll get a whole plot line or a, a brand new character or something just from uh, this, this one question I get shivers from. It will give you so much more than just world building, but boy, it can give you some great world building too. Yeah. Yeah. The bodies of water, mm -hmm. the shivers that I get. And some of that is obviously, you know, the, the living things in the dark and the deep, it's all alive. It's secret. It's that a lot of this is stuff that has haunted me from my obsession with the ocean where I wanted to be a marine biologist. And I, I watched the live Nautilus stuff. Uh, if you go on YouTube, you can find the Nautilus videos of these uber geeks um, going down there and with, with the Nautilus. And they are so fucking deep. And it's it's just amazing to see this stuff. Like when the blobfish fish came out and everybody knows what the blobfish looks like, it doesn't actually look like that. That's, that's the tens of thousands of pounds of pressure uh, but as it brings the fish up and it destroys what it looks like it looks kind of like a, pl a placo if you guys know what the placo is it looks it doesn't have the same mouth but it looks kind of like a placo originally it's actually very cute or or like um they they had this uh halloween special which was funny uh it was it had spooky music and they showed different things that were kind of creepy looking or, you know, creepy. And one of them was this this really super long set of bones uh, and all of these fish and, and uh, squid and octopus eating off of it. And mm. it's, it's funny, too, because if you look in the comments, they're like, oh, I love how they put creepy music in this. But, but since we've seen the original, we know that they were geeking out on this and laughing and squealing and having so much fun. But... That's part of what is important to me 
is these bodies of water and the mysteries. But also, you don't have to make it water. You can put mysteries in forests. You can put mysteries in caves. Um, I also had door, uh, doors, doors that lead nowhere, secret passages. So those are things that I get shivers from. Like if you, if you look at a building and there's a door up on the second floor, but there's no stairs to it, that, that it, it's wrong. You know, it's, yeah. it's just your muse is like, that doesn't look right. Or I saw a door that was half bricked over, just half bricked over. It was the bottom half. And that's interesting as hell. Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah, exactly. So th there are just all of these little things that that you can get shivers from. And it's just these little things that are wrong. You know, you see these little things that are just slightly wrong. Like mm -hmm. you mentioned uh, doors at an angle or something. Uh, angled doors. Yeah. Slightly wrong. That's uh, the funhouse things that you go through where... They've got things that are trippy and the walls are all weird. And that's the kind of thing that your brain is doing with, with I get shivers from. It's, it's twisting things. Yes. Yes. Exactly. That is essentially what you're looking for with your sweet spot map when building your world. And building your world is the first thing that you do when you are putting the sweet spot map to use. Um, because until you know where the story takes place and what the big conflicts are in it, it's very hard to build good characters who can work both for and against the, the good things and the bad things. And uh, until you know where you live, you, you can't know where you're going. And that's the truth with your story, too. Until you know where your story lives, you can't know where it's going. So... Yeah, a lot of this is uh, generalization again, and, and there's no one true way. And yeah, you can come up with a That's character true. first that, that right. just moves you, and then you create the world. But in general, it's it's easier, more fun, and better to create this incredible world. And then, like, I couldn't have a character like Charlie, who is heavily invested in the cryptids in the Fulton County, without knowing Fulton County first. Right. You know, so it's it's a good point that, yeah, you can start from anywhere, but starting from the world gives you a much deeper knowledge of, of the characters that are going to live there. Yeah. And the stories yeah. that are going to happen. So is that it until the takeaway? That is it until the takeaway. Okay. I'm just going to remind you guys you can follow us on the socials. That is at A-I-A-R-W-I-P on Twitter, at Alone with Invisible People on Instagram, Alone in a Room with Invisible People on Facebook. And you can find us at alonewithinvisiblepeople.com. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, you can go to alonewithinvisiblepeople.com forward slash support us to find out all the different ways. We do have a coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com forward slash alone. We also have a Redbubble shop if you're interested in merch. You can look that up. We've got the link in the website. There's another way to support us. If you go to alonewithinvisiblepeople.com on the right hand side, there is a PayPal where you can give us support of five, ten, or fifteen dollars. Again, that the the podcast will always be free. I got an email from somebody who had just donated fifteen dollars and wondered why he didn't, you know, get like a like an update telling him where the new stuff is. It's it's absolutely 100% free. You will always get everything. We will never create any secret episodes, nothing like that. Right. But that is just the way to end up supporting and showing your support for, for the podcast, which we appreciate. If you wanted to buy any of Holly's stuff, like her clinics, her books, her courses, anything like that, we do ask that you buy through the podcast affiliate links. It does not cost you anything extra. It just supports both Holly and the podcast. Last thing, find us at hollyswritingclasses.com. If you haven't yet, create your free account. You get a free flash fiction course. You get the free summer fiction stuff. And you get this free amazing community. You go into our podcast forum and talk to us. Come in here and tell us what you what you found on your sweet spot map. Or ask other people, like, how do they let go enough to write all of the true things if that's what you're having problems with? Anything. We are a huge community. The only thing we don't do, we don't discuss religion, we don't discuss politics, and we don't act like assholes. That's it. Everybody <laughs> everybody is welcome. There's, It's all about writing. That's it. We're just there yeah. to help each other. Yeah, and we love our guys. It is, it, is, it is just a bunch of wonderful people. So, Holly, what is the takeaway for today's episode? Okay. 
wander through the paths and the shifts that your mind threw on the page when it was building this crazy ass map and select specific details, which, you know, like the ones that we've shown you uh, from what we've each done that create the science or the magic or the rules of the way that your story works um, or that could work. And then you ask this one question, uh, which is, why does this matter? And then you have a lot of fun answering it. This is, this will give you a world that you can write in for as many stories or books as you can possibly imagine. I have never run out of world <laughs> in all of the different books and series that I have done. I have never once run out of world and uh, possibilities for new stories in the same world. So uh, have fun with this, kick ass, and let us know how it goes. Um, this is just a joyful process and you can totally do it.